Don't procrastinate. Don't stand still. Attack. That is the quote of the day. Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. Today, I've got a Flashback Friday episode for you with one of my favorite authors of all time, Mr. Napoleon Hill. Of course, he is the author of Think and Grow Rich. And today, Napoleon is talking about how to move beyond procrastination, how to embrace opportunity and make your own circumstances. And I love the story about how he commanded his subconscious mind to come up with the title for his book, Think and Grow Rich. I think you're going to dig it. Check it out. Here's Napoleon. When I wrote Think and Grow Rich, the original title of it was The 13 Steps to Riches. And both the publisher and I knew that that was not a box office title. We had to have a million dollar title. Well, they went ahead and set the, tie, set the book up in type. And the publisher kept prodding me every day to give him the title that I wanted. And I, I wrote it five or six hundred titles. There weren't any of them any good. Not any of them. And then one day he scared the dickens out of me. He called me up and said, well, he said, uh, tomorrow morning I've got to have that title. And he said, if you don't have one, I have one that's a humdinger. I said, what is it? He said, uh, we're going to call it Use Your Noodle and Get the Boodle. I said, my goodness, you're ruined me. <laughs> Why is it that? Uh, uh, this is a dignified book. And that's a flippant title. Why, that will ruin the book and me too. Well, he said, whether it will or not, that's the title, unless you give me a better one by tomorrow morning. <laughs> Now, I want you to follow this incident because it's, it's, uh, la- it's, uh, it's potent with uh, food for thought, what I'm now telling you. I went in that night and sat down on my bed as I was going to, on the side of the bed, and I had a talk with my subconscious mind. And I said, now, look here, old sub. You and I have gone a long way together, and you've done a lot of things for me and some things to me, thanks to my ignorance. But I've got to have a million-dollar title, and I've got to have it tonight. Do you understand that? I got to talking so loudly that the man in the apartment above me thumped on the floor. <laughs> and I don't blame him because he guess he thought I was quarreling with my wife or something. Well, I really gave the subconscious mind no doubt as to what I wanted. Now, I didn't tell him, I didn't tell the subconscious mind exactly what kind of a title. I said, it's got to be a million dollar title. I went to bed. When I had charged my subconscious mind until I reached that psychological moment where I knew it was going to produce what I wanted. And if I hadn't have, if I hadn't have gotten to that point, I'd have been up there still sitting on the side of that bed talking to my subconscious. <laughs> there is a psychological moment, and you can feel it when uh, you, the power of faith uh, takes over whatever you're trying to do and says, all right, now you can relax. This is it. I went to bed. And about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up as if somebody had uh, shaken me real hard. And as I came out of my sleep, think and grow rich was in my mind. Oh, boy, I let out an Indian hoop. I jumped to my typewriter and wrote it down. And I grabbed the telephone and I called the publisher. He said, what's the matter? Town on fire now. And I was about 2.30 in the morning by this time. I said, yes, you bet it is. With a million dollar title, he said, let's have her. I said, think and grow rich. He said, boy, you've got it. <laughs> Yes, I'll say we've got it. 
That book has grossed outside of the United States over $23 million already and probably will gross over $100 million before I pass on. And there's no end to it. A million dollar, a multi-million dollar title. Well, after the thrashing that I gave my subconscious, I'm not surprised that it really came over and did a good job. Now, um, why didn't I uh, use that method in the first place? Isn't that a funny thing? Why, I know the law. Why did I fool around about it and temporize? Why didn't I go to the source and get my subconscious mind all heated up instead of sitting down there to my typewriter writing out five or six hundred times? Why didn't I? Well, I'll tell you why. For the same reason that you will oftentimes know what to do but won't do it. There's no explaining the indifference of mankind toward himself. Even after you know what the law is, you'll know what the score is. And you fool around until the last limit before you do anything about it. Just like in prayer. Fool around about prayer until it's time of need comes. And then you're scared to death. And of course you don't get any results from prayer. If you want to have results from prayer, you condition your mind so that your life is a prayer. Day in and day out, every minute of your life. A constant prayer. Because it's based upon belief. Belief in your Dignity and your right to tune in on infinite intelligence and to have the things that you need in this world. And so it is with this human mind. You've got to condition the mind as you go along from day to day so that when any emergency arises, you'll be right there ready to deal with it. Also, the definiteness of purpose induces one to budget one's time and to plan day-to-day -day endeavors which lead to the attainment of one's major purpose. If you would sit down and put a... a, a an hour-by-hour hour account of the actual work that you put in each day for one week, and then an hour-by-hour hour account of the time that you waste that you could devote to anything you want to if you wanted to, badly enough. You're going to get one of the shocks of your life. We're not efficient. You know, we have three hour, about eight hours to sleep and about eight hours to earn a living, and have eight hours of free time that you can do anything that you want to with here in this country where we live. And then... Definiteness of purpose makes one more alert in recognizing opportunities related to the object of one's major purpose. And it inspires the courage to embrace and act upon those opportunities. And now, we all see opportunities almost every day of our lives, which if we embrace them and acted upon them, could benefit us. But there's, a, there's something in us that we call procrastination. We just don't uh, have the will, the alertness, the determination to embrace opportunities when they come along. <coughs> but if you condition your mind with this philosophy, you'll not only embrace opportunities, but you'll do something better. What could you do better than embrace an opportunity? Make the opportunity. That's, a, that's the idea. One of uh, Napoleon's generals, the other Napoleon, <laughs> came to him one day and they were fixing to attack the next morning. And this general says, sir, the conditions, the circumstances are not just right for the attack tomorrow. And Napoleon says, circumstances not right, hell, I make circumstances. Attack! And I have never seen a successful man yet in any business that didn't say when somebody says it can't be done, he says, attack, attack, start where you are. And when you get around to that curve in the road, although you can't see by it until you get there, you'll always find that the road goes on around. Attack. 
Don't procrastinate. Don't stand still. Attack. And uh, definiteness of purpose inspires confidence in one's integrity and character, and it attracts the favorable attention of other people. Have you ever thought about that? I think the whole world loves to see a person walking with his chest sticking out, walking with an atmosphere that tells the whole doggone world that he knows what he's doing and he's right on the way doing it. Why, do you know people will get out of the way on the sidewalk and let you go by if you are determined to get by? And you don't have to whistle at them either or holler at them or anything of that kind. You just have to send your thoughts ahead with determination that you're going through that crowd. And believe me, they stand aside and let you go through. And the world's like that. The man who knows where he is going and is determined to get there will always find willing helpers to cooperate with him. Now, there's another very important thing. The greatest of all its benefits, that is, definiteness of purpose, it opens the way for the full exercise of that state of mind known as faith. By making the mind positive and freeing the mind from the limitations of fear and doubt and discouragement and indecision and procrastination. The very minute that you decide upon something, you know that's what you want, you know you're going to do it, all of these negatives that have been bothering you, they pick up their baggage and get out. They just move out. They can't live in a positive mind. Can you imagine a negative frame of mind and a positive frame of mind occupying the same space at the same time? Could you imagine that? No, you can't, because it can't be done. And did you know that the slightest bit of a, a negative mental attitude is sufficient to destroy the power of prayer? Did you know that the slightest bit of a, of a negative mental attitude is sufficient to destroy your plan, whatever it is you're doing, carrying out your definiteness of purpose? You have to move with courage, with faith, with determination in connection with carrying out your definiteness of purpose. That was Napoleon Hill. Today's clip comes from his audio program, Napoleon Hill, in his own voice, available on audible.com. That is it for me. Tune in for tomorrow's Motivation Mix number two. I've got a blend of Les Brown, uh, Lisa Nichols, Bob Proctor, and Dr. John Demartini. So I hope you enjoyed. Tune in tomorrow. I will see you on Monday. Peace. Peace.